millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Sally Murphy. First up this week... The Warriors not only have the pressure of making it to the top eight when they take on the Penrith Panthers in Auckland tonight, but giving star player Manu Vatuve, known as the Beast, a good send-off. The winger, who has been at the club since 2004, has been released from his contract and will link up with Salford in the English Super League. Warriors boss Jim Doyle says Vatuve sits alongside legends like Stacey Jones and Simon Mannering, so it's sad to see him go. I mean, Manu was always going to be tough. I mean, it was a very emotional discussion. Um, whether he stayed to the end of next year and then retired, that was going to be a tough you know, end anyway. So I said that to Manu you know, sort of over a week ago. You know, it's, it's going to be an emotional ride when, once we announce it to everybody. Uh, and it's going to be very, very difficult because he's a very emotional person and he pulls on the heartstrings of everybody. You know, I mean, you know, it took him, I don't know, probably took him an hour to do a five-minute video yesterday with the tears and things like that, and he'll be like that all week. So, um, yeah, it was very, very difficult. Can you put into words just what he's done for this club over the last 13 years? I think, I mean, the word legends used and thrown around quite a lot, but, you know, if it sticks on some people, man, who's definitely one of them. You know, when I came here a couple of years ago, uh, one of the things that I did was to look to introduce the organization's values. And I actually sent out a document to about 300 people, uh, and they all responded and asked them the question, who are the top three or four players from your history, from a Warriors point of view? Um, and the people that came back, there was five players that stood out from everybody, and, and one of them was Manu. You know, Stacey Jones, Ruben Wickey, um, Michael Luck and uh, Simon Mannering, but Manu was one of those, and we use him in a lot of the stuff that we've done in regards to our values. So, What's the plan um, to honour him on Friday? Uh, we've got quite a lot of things. Um, firstly, it was to make an announcement yesterday so that we give as many of um, our fans and his fans the opportunity to come along on Friday night. Um, we'll obviously change the name of the stadium. We've got lots of... Um, things getting stuck over where it says Mount Smart it'll be Manu Vadovai Stadium for the night um, obviously we've got a lot of things planned for the big screen um, the, all the boys will warm up in Vatuvai t-shirts um, and they'll fire them out to the crowd and things Manu Vatuvai who has only played 53 minutes this season says he's looking forward to a fresh start but leaving the Warriors was one of the hardest decisions he's ever had to make Has there been one game or one moment that stuck out in your career with the Warriors? No, not really. I think all, all the games has um, has been a memorable one for myself. Um, I can't put a finger on, on one of them. Um, but, you know, I can always say that my first game will, will be the memorable one that I always, that, that I remember. Um, it's a little bit of a blur, but I can just remember taking my first run and stuff, so yeah. Manu, the, the term club legend's been thrown around. How does that sit with something like yourself? Well, to be honest, I'm not, I really think I'm a club legend. Um, you know, with the likes of Stacey and all that. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just blessed and lucky enough to to 
have survived this long um, at one club and, and to, to keep doing what I, I love to do. And um, now I just got to hand it over to the young boys and um, I know Ken and all that are doing really well at the moment and I'm really proud of, of the person, that, of um, the players they've become and I know they'll, they'll grow to, to be legends in the game too. So um, you know, I'm just happy that you know, I've played a, a, a bit of a part in, in, in their development and you know, hopefully they can continue that. Mount Smart Stadium is going to be called Manu Day Stadium on Friday night. Does that kind of start to hit home, the, the sort of impact you have had on the club? Because not many, play, many players come and go, but not many get that sort of honour. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be like. Um, no, it's gonna be really, really special for myself. Um, not just only for myself, but for my family and um, just all the hard work they've put into me uh, to become the player that I am and the person that I am uh, will be really special. And you know, it's just gonna be really emotional for myself to um, on the day. But now I'm just gonna take every moment and, and cherish every moment. How would you feel about a money about to be statue outside? No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. No one wanna to come to the game. No, 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 I'll never want to do that. <laughs> Fative will fly out to England on Sunday to meet with Salford players and finalise paperwork. And Jim Doyle says obviously Manu leaving gives more money in the coffers for next season, but it's still unclear how much that cap will be. The British and Irish Lions tour has come to an end and the All Blacks have copped some heat for the drawn series. I asked our rugby expert Joe Porter if he thinks the All Blacks have lost their spark. I don't think so. It was a unique set of circumstances, this Lions tour. The red card in the second match obviously turning it on its head when the All Blacks looked like they would run away with it. And the Lions producing some really committed and, I guess, uh, powerful defence and sticking to their guns and their game plan and their strengths and, and doing it really well. And the All Blacks, perhaps, in that last game, uh, maybe <clears throat> excuse me, feeling the pressure of the occasion and, and letting that fantastic Lions support base, which was at least half of Eden Park, get to them. And, and some of those situations when perhaps patience was called for, Bowden Barrett missing a few kicks. Of course, a contentious refereeing decision as well didn't help the All Blacks. So, no, I don't think they've lost their spark. The Lions, in my mind, would be the second-best team in world rugby now, perhaps bar England. So a good test for the All Blacks. A few things didn't go their way, and the Lions managed to scrape through on some passion, some pride, and some committed rush defence to, to get a series draw. So well-deserved. I don't think that Lions, sh- any credit should be taken away from them, but... I wouldn't be too worried as an All Blacks fan. Of course, Ben Smith and Sonny Bill Williams and Ryan Crotty out injured amongst others. There was a few things that didn't go their way, bounce with the ball-wise. And back to Super Rugby this week. Obviously, the Crusaders-Hurricanes is the big game this weekend. Mm. What do you reckon is going to happen? Unfortunately, as a Hurricanes fan and as defending champions, I think the Crusaders will repeat their performance earlier this season and beat the Hurricanes. It is in Wellington, so that will give the Hurricanes a better chance. And I guess neither the side has a hell of a lot of momentum, perhaps the Hurricanes more, because they've played the Lions more recently and managed to pull off a pretty exciting comeback draw. So, yeah, all on the line for the Crusaders. They need to win to guarantee they get top spot and maintain home advantage throughout the playoffs. The Hurricanes, well, the picture's a little less clear for them. If they win, it doesn't necessarily mean much, but... Uh, it could affect, I guess, where they go during the playoffs. They won't be at home, but they may go to Canberra next week or to South Africa. I guess they'd probably prefer to stay uh, closer to, to home and only go to Australia. So, uh, you know, there is a lot on the line here, and most of all, winning momentum heading into the playoffs is crucial. So should be a cracker of a match. Of course, the, all five New Zealand sides are in action this weekend. The Blues are completely out of contention for the running. They're playing for pride and seeing off a few of their veterans, Charlie Farmuina, senior All Black, is one of them. 
Uh, the Chiefs, on the other hand, they play overseas as well, and they again in the same situation as the Hurricanes and the the Highlanders, where it doesn't necessarily matter where they finish; they're guaranteed a playoff spot. It'll just affect where they go. I guess it, it's hard for the, the teams to know exactly what's on the line, other than the Crusaders, but. Like I say, you want to get winning momentum going into the playoffs and all five New Zealand Kiwi sides will be looking to do that and of course the Blues to finish their season on a high. New Zealand tennis player Michael Venus's run at Wimbledon has come to an end. Venus bowed out in the quarterfinals of the doubles after he and his American partner Ryan Harrison were beaten by the top seeds. However, the six-seeded Venus and Harrison didn't go down without a fight, forcing the match to five sets. They went into Wimbledon having won the French Open doubles and Venus told our Wimbledon reporter David Luddy that while disappointed at the result, they can't be too down on themselves. They're obviously ranked one and two in the world, I think, and playing great level, so we knew we were going to have to play well. We fought off some some break points that they had in our service games and managed to hang in there and uh, gave ourselves some chances in the fourth set, had uh, three break points to serve for the match. Unfortunately, didn't get it, but then bounced back and had a match point in the tiebreaker and, and unfortunately didn't get that point. And then credit to them, they, they picked it up in the fifth set and, and played some good points and then loosened up and ran away with it. The match was really split into two because it was at one set all. Then the old rain came, because it always rains here in London, as you know. Did that make a difference? It gave Ryan and I to to speak to his coach a little bit and, and reflect on, on some things that were working and maybe not and make some adjustments. But in the same time, uh, I think they did the same thing. So then, uh, yeah, it was back to uh, trying to figure out, you know, the game plans and, and trying to make adjustments throughout. So uh, I thought it was a good quality match. Obviously disappointing to be on the losing end, but, uh, you know, quarterfinals at Wimbledon have never been this far before, so uh, excited and looking forward to the future. And how difficult is it switching from the clay of Paris to the grass of Wimbledon? Does that really affect doubles play? Because it obviously affects the singles players, but does it affect the doubles players? Yeah, I think it's, it's similar. Everyone has to make, make the adjustments. You know, the ball's coming through a bit faster and staying a bit lower. Um, so some teams potentially like more time on the clay, don't have that time on the grass. But everyone's in the same boat and you have the same amount of time, so uh, you just make the adjustments with your game necessary and, and try and make the best of it. How do you reflect then on Wimbledon generally this year? Definitely been a, been a great week and a half. Just before the tournament, uh, a couple of days before we played, I was sick and, uh, and wasn't feeling great. So I spent a couple of days in bed. Uh, so if you'd told me then we would have made the quarterfinals and had a match point to be in the semifinals, I, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Disappointed we didn't win today, but, you know, I achieved uh, a bit of a personal thing, uh, obviously going further than the third round to the quarterfinals. So, uh, you know, continuing to build and, and just got to keep doing those things and, and hopefully next year maybe can go a little bit further. World heavyweight boxing champ Joseph Parker and champion shot putter Dame Valerie Adams have both played key roles in preparing New Zealand athletes for the Youth Commonwealth Games in the Bahamas next week. Parker's cousin Leah Fruin is keeping with family tradition and will fight in the ring, while discus thrower Connor Bell has been getting some wisdom and advice from Dame Val. I went out and met the medal hopefuls. You could feel the nerves and anticipation in the air as some of the 34 athletes heading to the Youth Commonwealth Games met each other for the first time today. 
One of them, 16-year-old Palia Fruin, started boxing at the age of 12 when her big cousin, Joseph Parker, started teaching her. He taught me the basics. Like That was my start-up with boxing with him, yeah. And what have you learned from him? Self-belief, <laughs> I guess, yeah. And, you know, the jab and all that. I guess wanting to be the best that I can and wanting to perform well. Like, I know all boxers go through that stage of, like, wanting to get gold, but, you know... I guess we're all kind of in it to win it, so yeah. The hard work has paid off. She packs a good punch. Philia <laughs> 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 wakes up at 6.30 every morning and goes for a run and then spars during lunchtime and trains again after school. She says she's just eager to get into the ring. Never really know who our opponent's going to be, but I'm excited for the different styles. Favorite part about boxing is meeting the new people, experiencing, you know, going to different countries, and you know, just growing as a boxer as well as a person overall. Another athlete to watch out for at the games is Connor Bell, a 16-year-old discus thrower from Auckland. I first started throwing uh, at the end of year eight uh, at a school school event. I picked up the discus for a school athletics day and I threw it and I did quite well. And and ever since then, I've just I've I've never looked back really. Your mum said you like to watch YouTube videos and practice yes. in the lounge, is that true? Yes, that is true. I've worn patches in the carpet. I spend a lot of time analysing um, discus throws, international discus throws, uh, discus legends and, and their technique and how they throw. Val, who throws about 64 metres on average, has been training under Olympic gold medalist Valerie Adams. At the start, it felt like I was in the presence of a legend, a living legend. Uh, I, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I've learned a lot from Val. I've learned to develop trust in, in the process so I can get the best result I can. Standing at 6 foot 2 and weighing 104 kilos, Val is a tad bigger than your average 16-year-old. His mum, Jeanette, attributes his country upbringing for that. He's a, he's a decent-sized lad. It must cost a bit to feed him. What does he eat in a day? <laughs> Surprisingly not as much as you'd think. Um, we live on a lifestyle block so lots of really healthy nutritious stuff like we do home cooled beef and free range eggs and lots of fruit and veggies. Um, pretty, pretty good basic country um, food but lots of it. Connor and Leah will leave for the Bahamas tomorrow with 32 other athletes who will take part in beach volleyball, swimming, boxing, cycling, throwing and athletics. The games run from July 18th to the 23rd. Netball New Zealand is refusing to panic over the departure of yet another experienced player to the Australian competition. Former Silver Fern Catherine Tuavatu will join former international teammates Liana De Brun and Laura Langman in playing across the Tasman next year. The Southern Steel shooter Jamaican international Janelle Fowler-Reed is also moving to Australia, leaving the competition here shorn of experience. But Netball New Zealand's high-performance manager Kia Hansen told sports editor Steve Hewson they won't be changing their approach. Now it's not panic stations. We're working on making sure that the priority athletes, which are our um, Silver Ferns, stay here in New Zealand and are part of our competition so they can be part of the Silver Ferns. And, and that's our priority. Must be a concern, though, when you lose that experience and what they can pass on to, to younger players. You don't, I would have thought, want a, a competition that's simply full of young players. No, you're right. You want that. You want to balance across all your squads of experience, youth, and a little bit in between. Um, and uh, you know, we've we've still got there. We've got the likes of Casey and um, Anna Harrison and 
Anna Thompson and Wendy Frew and Katrina, who will be part of our comp next year. Um, so we're still happy that there'll be the experience there to, uh, to help nurture our young talent. Maria Tutaya, is she still going to be around? Yeah, and Maria as well. Because the approach you've taken so very, well, vastly different, isn't it, from Australia with their, their unlimited import rule? Yeah, that's, that's right. We, we uh, when we set up this competition, had a clear uh, strategy around ensuring it was a pathway to the Silver Ferns as well as a great um, comp- elite competition. And so we, we only have one international player in each team if, if they choose to utilise the import spot. So that, that keeps our pathway open for young New Zealand talent to come into the competition and grow through the competition. And, um, yeah, Australia have taken a slightly different approach. They've got an unlimited import role, rule, which um, creates a slightly different dynamic for them, but um, we're really happy with our strategy. These players going, does it force a rethink from Netball New Zealand on that approach? Uh, not at this stage. Janelle Fowler-Reed, I mean, she had a huge impact on the, the domestic competition this year. In a sense, is it maybe not a bad thing that she's going? Because one player dominated the composite competition so much. Well, look, I think a, a player as good as Janelle adds value to a competition. But like I, like I said before, it's, we're about freeing up our pathway and ensuring there's a pathway for New Zealand athletes. And so if we can get a young New Zealand shooter like Alia Dunn or, or one of the other young ones coming through the um, system down there into that spot and developing and growing through the competition, then um, that's a good thing for netball in New Zealand. When, when I suppose, the test series roll around, it, it's going to be quite a test of the competitions, not only of the Silver Ferns versus the Diamonds, for example, but it... But it, it puts those two competitions together too, doesn't it, as to who's maybe taking the right approach? To a point, but, but it's also a long-term strategy as well. So it'll take time for um, the different approaches to play out and different and times for the, to the different competitions to bet in. And we've got to play a long game here as well. Netball New Zealand High Performance Manager Kerr Hansen talking to sports editor Stephen Hewson. The national swim team is hoping for some top place finishes at the FINA World Championships which begin in Hungary today. New Zealand has not had the best track record in the world champs. Lauren Boyle placed second in two races last year and nabbed three third places in 2013. But before then a New Zealand swimmer had not been in the top three since 1994. Coach Jerry Oshesky, who started with the team earlier this year, says the 11 swimmers competing have trained hard. We'll see results. You know, we've been, it's been a process changing the culture, you know, so that, you know, we'll have good results through the next four years. What did you have to do to change that culture? Well, we're we're trying to, trying to build a a culture of, you know, hard work, teamwork, um, those types of things that, you know, are long-term in terms of results for the whole national team and for the country and to set, set an example for all the kids that are coming through in the next years to come. And how important are championships like these for these swimmers in the build-up to other things like Olympics and Commonwealth Games? Uh, they're a real good measure to, to see where we're at um, in terms of our training, in terms of you know if we're doing the right things, what needs to be changed in the future. Um, you know, it is a world championship. Everybody will be there. Everybody will be on point. What is the competition like? Uh, well, you know, it's the, the best the best kids in the world, um, obviously. 
and it's the first pinnacle meet after the Olympics. Are there any sort of standouts within this team for you? Uh, well, obviously, uh, Bradley Ashby has been, been training very well. Uh, Helena Gasson is training here at the High Performance Center. And uh, we should see pretty good results all the way through. Everybody's had a good, um, good three months of preparation after the, after the Opens. So uh, we're expecting a, a, good, a good turnout. And obviously they're all quite young and, and very fit. How much is the mentality side of it going into competitions like this? It's huge. You know, you, you look at um, 2016 and the build-up and all the fast swimming that was going on. And then uh, at the Olympics, you, you saw certain individuals really step up and heads above the rest. And that's a lot of it's just mental. As everybody is, you know, as fit as possible. We have a young team. We have, um, I guess we have the most kids qualified since 2005. So they're pretty excited. I want to keep that excitement going and, and keep things relaxed. Um, this is the first year after the Olympics, and we've got a big buildup coming up. Um, and our, our goal is to, every year, have more kids make this pinnacle, a pinnacle meet like this and then be ready for, for our Olympic trials and then, and then going into the Games. And that wraps up Extra Time for another week. Have a good one. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.